This is Crime Corner Podcast. This is Season 2 of Crime Corner. I am your host, Homasa, and it feels amazing to say this, but this is Season 2. Guys, we are here 2020. It feels amazing to be back, and I'm so ready to bring you these stories. I hope everybody had an amazing new year. Um, New Year welcoming, I might say. And on today's podcast, I have four stories that I'm bringing you. With first one, it's going to be mother sentenced to seven years in prison for injecting fecal matter into son's IV bag. With our second story, we're going to be talking about a dollar murderer. A 60-year-old victim fatally robbery on Christmas Eve. With our third story, a 12-year-old hailed hero after saving great-grandparents from a knife attack launched by his older brother. And we're going to end it with our fourth story, Robert Duncan's body found. Five teens are facing charges with his killing. This is Crime Corner Podcast, where I'm going to bring you the crime. But before, a word from our sponsors. The Tri-County Schools resource teacher is facing neglect and battery charges after police say she injected fecal material into her son's IV at Riley Hospital on several occasions. According to court documents filed in the case, 41-year-old Tiffany Alberts confessed to the crime, saying she only did it to get her son moved to another unit at Riley, where she claims the treatment would be better. News 18's Kayla Sullivan reports those acts were allegedly caught on videotape. She joins us now with a look at what police and medical staff say. Kayla? Well, Jeff, in September, Albert's 15-year-old son was treated for leukemia with his first round of chemotherapy, and then he was sent home. Well, he came back a few days later with a fever, vomiting, and significant diarrhea. Well, doctors found stool in his blood, and experts say there was no medical reason to explain it. But on several occasions, hospital room surveillance video shows Albert's injecting fecal matter into her son's IV tube while he was turned away. Albert's told police where she kept her son's fecal matter, and it was collected for evidence along with her diarrhea medication and weight loss pills. Doctors say the boy's health improved once the mother was removed from the room and arrested, but he has to go through months of hospitalization and surgeries. He could have died from his episodes of septic shock caused from the fecal matter in his blood. Doctors say he still could die from leukemia. They had to prolong his treatment because if he was given chemo while the bacteria was in his blood, he would have surely died. Well, Alberts is currently Currently out on bond and allowed to live in Springfield, Ohio, a no-contact order has been filed in the case. Tri-County Schools say she's been on leave since her husband died in May, and we will continue following this story as it moves through the court system. Kayla Sullivan, News 18. Now with that, an Indiana mother accused of injecting fecal matter into her 15-year-old son's IV bag has been sentenced to seven years in prison. Tiffany Alberts is set to serve five years of probation uh, following her prison sentence, said Michael Loeffler, a spokesman with the Marion 
County Prosecutor's Office. Alberts was convicted of six counts of aggravated battery and one count of neglect in a trial in September of 2019. Alberts was found not guilty of attempted murder charge. Online court records show James Foyles, an attorney for Alberts, declined to comment. The Wolcott, Indiana mother was arrested and charged in 2016 after she used a syringe to inject feces into her son's IV while he was undergoing cancer treatments at Riley Hospital for children in Indianapolis. She knowingly uh, placed him in a situation that engaged the dependent's life or health, Marion County Superior Court documents said. Albert, Albert said her actions were meant to get her son moved from the intensive care unit to another Riley unit where she believed the treatment was better. I guess she was like a doctor or whatnot. The documents state her son had been receiving treatment for leukemia since early August 2016 at the hospital. A Marion County Police affidavit said he was released and returned to the hospital a few days later. In early September of 2016, with the fever, vomiting, and diarrhea, according to the report, blood tested of the boys uh, of the boy showed organisms that are normally found in feces cause a bacterial infection and sepsis, which an extensive medical evaluation could not explain. Suspecting someone may be contaminating the patient's IV lines, hospital staff began monitoring the teenager's room with video surveillance and spotted the mother injecting a substance into his central line. Authorities said Albert's initial initially told investigators that she was injecting water to flush it as the medicine that was given to him burned. She later admitted to injecting her son's own fecal matter, which she kept in a gift bag on the bathroom sink of his room. Officials said, Wow, this is so sad. Tiffany Alberts, you should be ashamed of yourself and there is a special, a very special warm place in hell waiting for you. Shouldn't, you shouldn't even be called a mother. You are a monster. That's what you are. A motherfucking monster. One of the victims who was brutally beaten and robbed over a dollar in the Bronx has died. Police say 60-year-old Juan Fresnada and his 29-year-old partner were walking near 3rd Avenue and East 164th Street in the Morrisania section when they were jumped by several suspects. The two victims were punched and kicked before those suspects took off with just a single dollar. Fresnada died from his injuries. The 29-year-old is expected to be okay. Now, this is a story and the case of a 60-year-old New York City man dies after vicious dollar robbery on Christmas Eve. A 60-year-old man who was brutally attacked and robbed for $1 on Christmas Eve has died from his injuries, the NYPD said. Juan Fresnada was with his husband in the Bronx early Tuesday when six individuals approached them and demanded money police said. When the victims refused, they were attacked, according to the NYPD. 
Surveillance video released by police shows one of them repeatedly punching and kicking Fresnada as he's on the ground. One of them hits Fresnada with the metal garbage can the video shows. The suspects stole the dollar from the victims and fled, police said. A different video released by the NYPD shows at least two of the individuals running into a store after the attack. Fresnada's husband refused medical attention at the scene, police said. After being transported to a local hospital in the Bronx, Fresnada died on Friday afternoon, according to the NYPD. The motive for the attack appears to be robbery, police said. And the suspects are still at large. That is so sad. You know, it's a day of celebration. It's Christmas Eve and nobody's expecting this. Was this a hate crime or was it just an act of stupidity? That is so wrong for a dollar. Why? We begin with the young hero who saved the life of his great-grandparents during a vicious attack. Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Christine Noel in for Dominique. And I'm Bill Baessa. You heard from the 12-year-old boy first on two. Now we hear more about the tense moments when his great-grandparents were being stabbed. The boy's older half-brother is the one accused of the attack. Channel 2's Jacob Ruscone joins us live downtown where the suspect is expected to go before a judge in the next hour. Jacob? Yeah, Christine, 12-year-old Sasha tells me his half-brother, Luke Johnson, had threatened to hurt or even kill his great-grandparents before, but had never tried until now. If it weren't for Sasha and his uncle, who taught him self-defense moves, Johnson might have succeeded. It started with an argument inside the family van. The Millers told their great-grandson, Luke Johnston, he would not be allowed to stay with them until his behavior changed. It's just messed up for what he did. 12-year-old Sasha says his half-brother pulled out a pocket knife and stabbed his great-grandfather in the neck and then began stabbing his great-grandmother in the head. I pulled him back by his collar. Um... I knew that that was not going to stop it because he was also pulling grandma with him. So I decided to... Uh, I came out like, like almost a backwards like bear hug, but then I, I put him in a headlock, pretty much. That's when Sasha says Johnston tried to stab him. But I did grab the knife. I held that to his neck also. Me hit biting me, which I have a loose tooth from that, but I do not really care. Um, and he ran off. The sheriff's office presented Sasha with this special coin for his bravery for the sixth grader who saved his great grandparents. I guess it's called fight or flight moment. Like everything was going so fast, so I decided to sit there and fight. Great grandpa and grandma Miller are recovering at home tonight. He has stitches in his neck and she has staples in her head. Johnson will appear before a judge tonight and hear the charges against him. Two charges of aggravated assault of a family member. Reporting live at the Joint Processing Center, I'm Jacob Brascone, KPRC Channel 2 News. A 12-year-old boy saved his great-grandparents when his half-brother allegedly stabbed them. A 12-year-old Texas boy saved the lives of his great-grandparents by wrestling a knife away during a stabbing attack while driving. The boy's half-brother Lucian Adrian Johnson, 20, stabbed his great-grandparents in the head and neck from the backseat after he was told he could no longer live with them as a result of his behavior, according to the Harris County Sheriff's Office.
before the stabbing could turn fatal. 12-year-old Sasha was able to pull the pocket knife out of Johnson's hands and throw it out the window, the boy said. What I did was I grabbed him from behind. I pulled him backwards, trying to get him away from Grandma, Sasha told CNN. But I did grab the knife. I held that to his neck also. He bent back my finger, which is sore right now. He headbutted me, which I had to, which I have a loose tooth from that, but I do not really care. When the car came to a stop, Johnson fled on foot. He was arrested Monday morning after being spotted behind a home and taken into custody. Without incident, the sheriff's office said in a release, The 20-year-old is facing two counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Johnson's attorney, Charles Alexander Brodsky, did not respond to CNN requests for comment. The great-grandparents identified by police as 92-year-old female and a 76-year-old male are expected to fully recover, the sheriff's office said. The real hero is this ordeal. In this ordeal, I'm sorry, is a 12-year-old that was also in the back seat at the time of the brutal attack, Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez said on Twitter. Great work by all. This very easily could have been resulted in, in two murders. Johnson is undergoing mental health evaluations, KTRK reported. His bond is set at $80,000. You know, the fact that these are... Um, senior citizens um, of great age <clears throat> 92 and 76 for you to attack them in such matter you are a coward you are a monster and he needs help he should not be out here in public he should not be walking the streets because he is a murder in the making he is a murderer in the making. Yeah. That's what he is. This is crazy. Wow. He is a hero. He saved his his great-grandparents. You go. Situation in my life. I've never physically hurt so bad. A mother's plea for her son. Tonight, a tragic ending to the search for 17-year-old Robert Duncan. We hate to say he was found dead today. Deputies found his body around 3.30 this afternoon in this area you see on your screen. This is along South County Road 1230. This is just south of the Love's truck stop off of I-20 and Loop 250 to give you an idea of where that was. Law enforcement spent the night clearing that surrounding area and fields and then around 10.30 this morning they started searching and going door to door in the nearby mobile home parks. That's where... Robert Duncan's body was found by the sheriff's office this afternoon. Family believe Duncan was in that area with friends when he went missing. But a friend of his came out here to meet another friend to sell some weed, and apparently something bad happened. The boy the, that was buying the weed kept the money, and he took off running, and Robert jumped out of the truck to go tackle him down to get the money. And this was the area, so we're looking. There were shots fired as the rumor that's going around. We're still trying to find some answers to that. Attention now turning to what exactly happened. We still don't have that official answer tonight. That's what officials are working on. 
Though News West 9's Sammy Steele has been following the story since the search began before dawn. Sammy, you spoke with the family all throughout the day. What are they saying? Well, Tatum, this morning they were just devastated, hoping to find some answers as to where their missing son could be. And up until this point, the family was holding on to hope that their son would be found alive. He loves his family. Robert loves his family, and his family loves him and just wants him home. This hurts so bad. I'm so scared. Sadly, we now know that he won't be coming home. Duncan's mom, Silver Knock, describing to me the last conversation she had with her son on Friday. I dropped my son off with his friends, and I reminded him that his godparents were coming to town. And he asked me what was for supper, and I told him his favorite meal, and he smiled really big, and he said, okay, I'll be there tomorrow, and he didn't come home. His body was found near the trailer park early or late this afternoon. Now, Duncan, that's exactly where Duncan's friends reported he was last seen. Chief McKinney telling me Duncan's body was found around 3.30. While this is not the news that the family wanted, it is good to know that at least they have some answers. Tatum. Sammy, thanks. We hope to find some more answers. We're following the story closely, so be sure to stay with us. And police arrest five teens in the connection to the murder of the 17-year-old. Five teenagers have been arrested in the connection to the death of 17-year-old Robert Duncan. Duncan's body was found in a trailer park in Midland County on Tuesday afternoon after his family believed him to be missing since Friday. According to CBS 7, Duncan was found with several gunshot wounds. A person of interest tipped the sheriff's office off to the location near Loop 250 and Connie Road 1320. Three of the five teens arrested are charged with murder while the other two are charged with tampering with evidence and interfering with public duties. Larry West, 17 years of age, capital murder. Zayden Hayes, 18 years of age, capital murder. Rogelio Cadena, 18 years of age, murder. Rogelio Vasquez, 18 years of age, tampering with evidence. John Hayes, 17 years of age, interfering with public duties. A mugshot for Rogelio Vasquez was not immediately available. According to his family, Duncan was supposed to meet up with friends on Friday night, but didn't answer text messages for hours. And then shortly after 2 a.m., he received a message from my son's phone that said, Robbie is MIA, said Silvernot, Duncan's mom. This caused his family to begin a frantic search that culminated when they were advised Duncan's body was found nearly four days later. I want the police to call me and say we're sorry. That wasn't your son. It was somebody else, and we're going to keep looking and find your baby, but it's him. A GoFundMe account has been set up to help Duncan's family pay for funeral costs. Midlands County Sheriff's Office released the following statement after they located Duncan's body. On December 30, 2019, at approximately 4 p.m., deputies with the Midland County Sheriff's Office received information that Robert Duncan, who was reported missing, could possibly be in the area of County Road 1230 and County Road 120 in Midland County. Deputies along 
with the assistance of Texas Department of Public Safety, Midland Police Department, and the District Attorney's Office began a search. On December 31, 2019, at approximately 3.30 p.m., the investigation led the search team to the deceased body of the missing person. During this investigation, three search warrants were obtained and ex executed in connection with the homicide. The investigation is still ongoing. This is so sad. A young, young teenager's life was lost. Wow. And five lives also got ruined because of something, you know, something that we don't know why, you know. That is so sad. And with that, we have come down to the end of today's episode. That was season two premiere, episode one. Wow, <laughs> I cannot believe I just said that and I cannot believe we just did that. Uh, that is a wrap up on episode one, season two. Wow. Oh, that feels good. Um, I am Homasa. Once again, it feels amazing to bring you the crime. Um, I'm always listening to all these type of uh, stories, cold cases. I love it all. I love it all. I love it all. I am obsessed with it. I am a murderino. And if you are a murderino like me, please make sure to share this, like this, comment on it. Download the app CastBox. I really recommend you. It's so easy to download and it's free. You find all these different uh, podcasts and you can also find mine that is for free. Yes, that is free. That is my Christmas present to you. Free, free, free. Go and download the app CastBox and search Crime Corner. That is my podcast so with that said i am homasa bring you the crime please don't forget that we are available on spotify apple podcast and google podcast search us under crime corner that was crime corner please make sure to be safe lock your doors and don't forget to look both ways before crossing the street thank you so much for listening that was this is I am <laughs> Crime Corner. Be safe, guys. Till next time. <laughs>